Okay, so if you're buying or selling a home, it's absolutely critical that you understand the condition of the property. In the process of going through everything and finding out what's good, what's maybe not so good about the property, is called a home inspection. So we wanted to bring in an expert today. Terry Darling, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here, Greg. So Terry, run us through some of the key components of a home inspection. So Greg, the, the real purpose of a home inspection is to uh, test the components in the systems of the house and find defects and report them to the, to the buyer. Um, beyond that though, uh, with a home inspection, it's also an educational experience, right? So we walk a buyer through all the different uh, major components and systems, test them, and then also teach them um, maintenance things, what you need to look for, what you need to do as a homeowner to operate this home and its systems going forward to keep it safe and operating properly in the future. So I'm the perfect type of person who's looking to buy a home. A, I need to know what, if any, issues there are. And then in addition, in addition to that, you got to teach me how to use things. Correct. Because I'm kind of clueless. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great. So when you're going through the property, what are some of the key things that we need to be looking at, Terry? Well, um, your, your major uh, components are uh, structure, structure and foundation, uh, the roof, and then your mechanicals. So the heating and cooling elements, uh, water heater, uh, plumbing, and electric. So when you're looking at the roof, what do you climb up on the roof and take a look at it? So sometimes we do, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we inspect the roof one of two ways. Um, we either walk it or we can climb it. If we safely can, we'll do that. Uh, or we fly it with a drone. So Which do you prefer? It depends on the building. If I'm safe on the roof, I love to walk a roof. I uh, always prefer to walk it if possible, but uh, you can't walk every roof. So, sure. um, you know, the drone does a really good job too. Sometimes we'll do both just because, you know, clients like to see the roof from the drone footage above as well. So, uh, you know, the drone's a big help because you can't get on every roof. I'm hoping we get a little bit of drone footage tonight. I think we will, for sure. <laughs> So now is there a different inspection when you get into the fundamentals of the house, like heating? If it's an oil burner, like a boiler, or whether or not it's forced hot air, is there a different process for inspecting those? The process isn't really different, but explaining to the client how the systems operate and what they can expect, that's really where it's more important. Um, so, you know, a boiler versus a furnace, they do operate differently. With a furnace, you're going to need to be knowledgeable about uh, the filter, for one, which is something that uh, the homeowner or the, the property manager needs to you know, change on a regular basis to make sure that the system's operating properly. And then a boiler, a steam boiler, for example, um, the homeowner really should be bleeding it or draining it on a periodic basis because that's a closed system, so the same water is circulating throughout it all the time. And then occasionally you'd be able be required to add water to the system too so it's operating correctly. So you need to understand as a homeowner, what type of system do I have and then what do I need to do to make sure that it's operating. All right, so we're gonna look at the, the heating and the AC units today and the yeah. property that we go out to. How about the electrical? Yeah, so the electrical, uh, on an inspection we test all the receptacles that we can reach, but beyond that we also look at the panel, or all the panels, the, the main panel and the sub panel. Um, that's something that a homeowner typically doesn't do, right? You're typically not taking the panel off at your home to look inside. So what a home inspector will do, take that panel off, look at the wiring at the panel, at the bus bar, make sure there are no defects on it. And uh, that's one of the things we'll talk about when we're on site later today. What kind of defects do you potentially see? Well, um, defects are pretty common. 
in an electric panel, to be honest. One of the main defects that we see, especially here in New Jersey with older homes, is a Federal Pacific panel. Federal Pacific was a, a company that manufactured electric panels right here in Newark from the 50s to the 80s, and they have a high failure rate. So we always recommend that they are um, replaced. So that's a common defect is just the Federal Pacific panel. But other defects too, um, double tab neutrals where you've got uh, two wires on the same lug, uh, double tab breakers as well, which can cause issues at receptacles down the line. So uh, the electric panel is one of those places where you're not gonna see it as a homeowner. So it's important you have a competent inspector look at it. Well, you're kind of speaking a foreign language to me. So I'm looking forward to going through everything. <laughs> double this, that, I don't know, but we're gonna go through it in detail and, and check it out. Now, so we'll look at the roof, we'll look at the uh, AC, we'll look at the, the electrical heater. How about the, the water heater? Yeah, the water heater, we'll definitely look at that as well. We'll always report, you know, the age of the water heater. Um, talk about, you know, how long you can expect its life to be and the kind of defects that you want to make sure are not present on your water heater so it's operating properly. You know, one of the other things that we want to look at today is a generator subpanel. Okay. And take a look at you know how that's all set up set up when you pull the uh, the switch or the panel off of the electrical. Okay. It's gonna be great. Yeah, sounds good. Another thing we also look at are windows, windows and doors. Obviously, all of the interior stairs, windows and doors are important. Uh, particularly windows, though. Windows are an expensive amenity. You know, if you need to replace all the windows in a house, it can be it can be costly. So. Now, can you gauge the age of the windows just by looking at them? Typically, no. But uh, sometimes um, if there's um, identifying characteristics, you can. Okay. I remember the old strings yeah. in some houses that I lived in when, when I was younger. With the weights, With the weights, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right, yeah. Those are nice and up to, up to speed. All I'm sure they're those, very energy efficient as well. <laughs> All of those windows need to be replaced, no doubt. Do you think there's a difference between vinyl windows and wood windows from an efficiency standpoint? You know, there are so many different levels of windows you can purchase now. Um, so there are plenty in both categories that are terrific. Um, but as you shop, you know, cost consciousness is obviously important and then performance over time. Um, for the type of windows and you wood's choose. generally more expensive than vinyl would be. Typically, yeah. When it's a quality window, yes. All right, I can't wait to go out there and check it out. Come on, you guys want to go out to a house and check everything out? Come on, we're leaving. Let's go, Terry. All right, sounds good. Hey, Terry, thanks for joining, man. I appreciate you coming out today. You bet, Greg. My pleasure. So I'm thinking the first thing as we go through everything in this house is let's take a look at the roof. So with the roof inspection, we're looking at multiple things. Obviously, the, the roof covering. This is an architectural shingle roof. But you're also looking at penetrations and flashing or ceiling around penetrations like the two skylights here. Skylights, looks like they've been installed well. What's that, an exhaust? That's going to be a plumbing stack, right? Okay. Uh, a sewer stack for plumbing. And it's got uh, a good-looking rubber boot on it, too. So that looks great. Gutter guards on the gutters. I mean, that's going to save you some time so you don't have to clean the gutters out. Not as often, at least, for sure. Um, this home has a thermostatically controlled fan, which we could see the shell there. And that would be in the attic that's going to go on automatically when it reaches, reaches a certain temperature in the attic. Correct. That's right. It's going to help the air conditioning system work a lot more efficiently. Now, the inside of the attic will also tell us a lot about the roof. So that's one of the things that we'll look at as well. Because the roof has to perform on the outside and the inside. Hey, there we are. Hey, guys. 
I can't get over the detail that you can get between the roof, the shingles, the flashing. Like that drone really does a great job capturing everything. Now question that people are gonna have is does the drone cost more money when they're having a home inspection? So for the drone and the use of the drone, we don't charge additional for it. Uh, the, the, the roof has to be part of the home inspection, but the way it's inspected is at the inspector's discretion. Not every inspector uses a drone, but what we do is we either walk the roof if possible, and if not, then we'll fly it. Uh, you know, fly it with the drone, sometimes we do both, but... Um, I can kind of see it working the other way too. So if we had the drone up there and we identified, identified some issues in the flashing or somewhere, you might have to walk the roof to really get a gauge for what the issue is. That's true. And sometimes the way uh, you, you'll feel the roof as you walk it, if it's a soft spot or something like that, walking the roof can be a big benefit, which is why I still prefer it when possible. But uh, It hurts my back even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Going up is not a problem. It's getting off that's the issue on the roof. Let's go check out some of the things in the kitchen, Terry. All right, Terry, so people want to know how long is a home inspection? What's the usual duration of it? So a typical one-family home inspection is between two to three hours, depending on the size of the house. Okay, so for us, we're just going to look at a couple of different items. It's a half an hour show. So we're going to look at a couple critical points that you need to understand. Let's check out the kitchen. Sure, so your major components are usually in the basement and then obviously the kitchen. Okay. One of the things with the home inspection is we're going to test all of the appliances as well as the plumbing and the electric throughout the kitchen report to you, uh, report to the buyer the age of all the appliances, and then if there are any defects with how they operate. All right, let's get into it. So operating and testing all of the appliances is certainly part of the home inspection. We're gonna test all the burners on the stove as well as the oven. And set that, and then we're also gonna look for the data plate. So, so part of the kitchen inspection is testing all the appliances. Even in new construction, we test the appliances. With, this isn't a new home, but for example, uh, a lot of times with a new home, a technician puts something in and they don't take the packing out. They don't test it. They don't operate it. Um, another thing with microwaves is even new microwaves that are mounted like this one are often subject to a recall. So we're going to test it and we're going to determine based on the data plate if this one is subject to recall or not. And, and you're literally going to go through and find out whether or not there's a recall and get all that information. Correct. Now, I would think a new construction, at times you think, hey, it's new construction. Why do I even need a home inspection? But the reality is that you do. You really do, because, you know, if you put a dishwasher in, most times in new construction, we find dishwashers, they're still ha they still have the packing in it. I can't tell you how many times I've operated a brand new dishwasher and it's all over the floor. So, you know, you definitely want to run it and know it's in good working order because an installing technician oftentimes doesn't do that. All right, now the dishwasher, how do we go about testing it, making sure that everything works? So for a dishwasher, we look for a couple of things. One is to make sure that it's mounted properly and secured to the top, and this one is, which is great. And then we look for the data plate. Okay, this so the same thing. That data plate's key when you're looking at any appliances. Correct, because that's how you're going to determine when it was manufactured. And then we're going to operate that and test it. So another important part of the kitchen inspection is to test counters, cabinets, windows, and then obviously plumbing and electric. So we'll operate the plumbing, make sure that the hot and cold both operate well. We'll test the handheld or the vegetable sprayers as well. All the cabinets we'll go through and test. And then the electric. So with a kitchen, all the outlets that are near water should be GFCI or ground fault current interrupter. 
All right, you just stick that device right in there, Terry, and it tells you if there's any issues at all. And then that button will test it. Exactly. Now, any outlet that's going into a house after a certain year, they have to have a GFI on it. Well, not right? any outlet, Greg, but any outlet that's near a wet area. So kitchens or bathrooms, exterior, you know, outside outlets, or near the garage, they should, yeah. Okay, including even over here like this one. Um, it's not near the water source per se, but, I mean, what do you cook with? You make it pasta, you're using yeah, water, right? Water. So electricity doesn't Grease. care where the water comes from. So we recommend that these are also GFCI, and these are, which is great. Great. This kitchen's in terrific shape, so it looks good. Perfect. All right, I think the next step of what we want to do, let's check out some things in the basement. A lot of heavy lifting stuff in the basement because that's where your mechanicals are. So All right, let's, let's go check it out, Terry. Sounds good. All right, Terry, so every inspection has some limitations. So if we go in here, I want to know when you're inspecting the property for me, are you inspecting the weight set? <laughs> So Greg, as great as this weight set looks, and I'm sure there are no defects, there's certain things that are personal property, sure. right? So this is one thing we're not gonna inspect. All right, so we're taking the electrical, we're taking the panel off of the electrical panel. So we can really get an idea, Terry, as to how it's working on the inside. Correct, Greg, this is the main electrical panel in the basement. This is the main shutoff here, and this is one of the more important things on a home inspection because a homeowner typically isn't ever gonna take the panel off. Usually only a professional is gonna do that. We look for all kinds of defects. Um, one of the things that we often find is aluminum wiring. This house was built in 74, so it's possible it has it. Good news for this home buyer, it doesn't. This is all copper wire. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Correct. This is a 200 amp panel, which is great. That's really what you want to support modern life in a house of this size. And you've got multiple bus bars here, but uh, overall, it's a little tight, but this panel looks good. So, and just from a consumer standpoint, understanding how to operate a house, that main shutoff switch, you have a problem, a main problem, just shut it off. Correct. Now, this is gonna shut off all the power to the house, and then individually, these breakers are gonna shut off individual circuits. But that's right, if you wanted to shut everything off, that's it. Is this one of those Pacific panels? Federal Pacific panels, excellent. No, this is a Bryant panel, so we are good to go. Perfect, and I can see that next to it, there's a sub-panel that's for the generator. Correct, yeah. This is a generator sub-panel where you plug in a generator to it. If you do, you wanna make sure that generator is um, you know, safe and not here on the inside of the building. And typically, if a homeowner's not sure what they're doing, they really should have an electrician do this when they need to turn it over, if you were to be out of, out of power. When they need to turn it on. Right, when you're out of power for a long period of time. Now, and just a little added bonus for everyone out there, if you need to understand how to shut off the water in case of an emergency, I think the emergency water switch is right here as well, shut off valve. This is the, the water main coming through the house. This is one of the things that your home inspector should always teach you is where the shutoffs are for all the appliances, all the utilities rather, water, electric, and gas. So our two shutoffs for electric and water are here. Copper main coming in. If you needed to shut the water off, you're just gonna turn this valve perpendicular. And then our gas, was actually on the outside of the house, right near the garage. Our okay, I saw the meter out there. That's right, and the shutoff is right at the meter, which it typically is. Okay, great, Terry. Let's take a look at the furnace. Great. Okay, so these are the furnaces, Terry, and it looks like there's two of them. There's one and two. They both, both operate essentially the same way, correct? They do, and they're both Linux units, um, which is great. They make a nice product. It looks like both of these were replaced recently from 23, which is great. Um, 
if this is still under warranty, our home, home buyer client should ask if that warranty is transferable to them. Okay. Because it may point. be, which is great. And uh, these are both high efficiency furnaces. And now what are we checking for when we're down in here? So multiple things. Uh, we look at the interior, make sure there's no rust or leaks, make sure everything was installed properly. We're also looking for the data plate so we can determine the age. And then, um, you know, we look for gas leaks at all these gas joints throughout. And then also the filter. And uh, this is the filter for this one. Okay, and there'd be one for each unit. Correct, correct. that's the other filter over there. Now, is this well. good? Is that this clean, filter, is that dirty? It looks okay, it looks like it's been cleaned relatively recently, but that's one of the things that you do wanna clean or replace if you wanna use a cartridge filter as well, which is another thing. So our water heater's here, and then this PVC piping is actually part of a radon mitigation system. So this home has a radon mitigation system to lower the level of radon a lot of people don't know what radon is. It's a naturally occurring radioactive gas. It's in every home, but when it's at a high level or an elevated level, it's a, a, a risk to lung health. It's the second leading cause of, of lung cancer behind smoking. Wow. So what this system is doing is, it's penetrating the foundation floor, and there's a fan and pump on the other side of this plumbing that's taking the uh, gases from below the foundation and discharging them outside of the house. So it's making, the air quality in this house safe for uh, occupants. Now, is this mercury? This is isn't. That? This is called the manometer or the manometer, if you like. But this is basically telling you that the system is operating properly. This is an electric water heater, and one of the things that we check is obviously if it's functioning properly, and then also we'll report on the age, the size, and basically a water heater like this should last 10 to 12 years. So. If it's getting to be of that age, that you might think about being prepared to replace it when it goes out. So with a bathroom like this, we've got multiple fixtures. So what we'll do is we'll operate all the fixtures, both sinks, cloth foot, beautiful tub here, shower all at the same time, and then also test the toilet so we can see what the water pressure really is. All right, sounds good. Okay, Terry, so we checked through everything. We checked all the water pressure. Is there anything that seemed out of line to you? Bathroom's in good shape. Everything operated properly, Greg, and we've really tested all the components here in the bathroom, so we're all set. All right, great. All right, what a great day, Terry. We got to take a look at a lot of things. We looked at the roof. We looked at different essential parts of the property. So what do you think? I think we had a great inspection, Greg. We went through all the major components of the home like we do on any home inspection, and our home buyer client's gonna be much more informed about the home that they're buying after the inspection process. That's, one, that's wonderful. Now, it, when you look at things like cost for a home inspection, what do you think the consumer should anticipate? And I know it can vary. Yeah, it certainly does vary. Also, there's the home inspection, which is the major components of the home. And then there are additional services that people can also consider. One that uh, we always recommend in New Jersey is an oil tank scan of the property for an underground oil tank or any underground tank that might be left behind. I mean, there was a point in time in New Jersey where essentially everything was oil heat. Correct, yeah. So, and you certainly don't want to inherit a property that has an underground tank that might be leaking. So, um, you know, that's a cost that uh, you should always factor in. And those are typically between $250 and $400 for an oil tank scan. And then a typical home inspection for a single family is usually between $300 to $600, depending on size. Now, how about sewer or septic inspections? 
Always a good idea as well. I mean, this property that we're at today, there are a lot of trees out here too, which can impact your lateral sewer line. Uh, a sewer inspection is where we take a camera, open up the uh, sewer clean out and insert the camera through it to look for any defects in the line. Yeah, it's a problem you don't want to inherit. That can be a very expensive problem. If you've ever been through a sewer backup, you know you do not want to have that kind of issue in your home, for sure. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're tearing up your driveway, yes. trying to fix the thing. You could be into that for 10, 20, thousand dollars or more right another additional service to think about too is radon testing the house that we inspected today has a radon mitigation system radon's present in every home it's at a, a risk to your lungs when it's at a high level now radon's an odorless and colorless gas so the only way to know is to test to know what the radon level is Terry, it was a great day. I think I'm just going to sit back in my rocking chair right now and enjoy the rest of the day. I hope everyone out there today really got a good idea as to what a home inspection looks like and really the essential parts. When you look at the roof or you look at the, the basic mechanical things like the furnace and the water heater, the electrical panel, I hope you learned a lot today and we look forward to catching up with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Your Mortgage Process, hosted by Greg Wareham, produced by Greg Wareham and Nick Pavise at The Social Rift, and executively produced by The Social Rift. Thank you again for tuning in, and we look forward to catching up with you next week.